Hello, 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 friend, and welcome back to Embracing Your Energy, where we support women in stepping into their authenticity, rewriting limiting beliefs, and tapping into their intuition to bring their dreams into reality. Today, we have a very special guest joining us. She is a manifestation coach and CEO of Everyday Growth and Evolution. She helps ambitious women, entrepreneurs, and content creators master their mindset, become their best selves, and manifest their dream lives and businesses. I'm so excited to welcome Autumn to the show. She is a multi-passionate entrepreneur, content creator, and mentor. She has a background in psychology and draws on her experience with manifestation and energetics, human design, personal branding, and content creation to help women reprogram their subconscious minds for success, step into their power, monetize their magic, and create a life and business they love. Her mission is to help others reach their highest potential and live an authentic life through healing, fun vibes, and an abundance mindset, because she knows that we are all worthy of happiness and success. Today, we're going to be diving into the topic of law of attraction and whether it's real or not. So go ahead, sit back, relax, and get ready to embrace your energy. Welcome to Embracing Your Energy, a spiritual podcast for women who are ready to break free from the limits they've set for themselves. I'm Jen Murphy, a life coach, mindfulness expert, and your host. I'm here to guide you on a journey of self-discovery and transformation. On this podcast, we'll be diving into visualizing your possibilities, reprogramming your subconscious, and manifesting your desires. We'll be discussing practical tips and techniques to help you tap into your intuition, increase your self-worth, and create the life you've always dreamed of. This podcast is for the woman who wants to create a life that aligns with her values, passions, and purpose. So whether you're feeling stuck, lost, or just ready for a change, you're in the right place. Remember, You are worthy, you are capable, and you have the power to manifest your wildest dreams. So get ready to let go of limiting beliefs, make some much needed mindset shifts, and finally manifest abundance and success. Let's start embracing your energy. Hello and welcome back to Embracing Your Energy. I am here with Autumn, who is a mindset coach, and I'm very excited to be chatting with her today. We met on the Dream Life Immersion Retreat with Samantha Daly. I'll leave in the show notes all the info about Sam, but I don't know about you, Autumn, but that really sparked a whole new like idea in my mind for what I wanted to do, which is also why... I created the podcast that we are recording for. So I'm going to give the floor over to you and maybe you can give a bit of an introduction about who you are, who you work with and the people you help. Okay. Hi. Definitely want to follow up with that retreat was amazing. So many good things came out of that, especially like even with my own podcast and really feeling confident enough to start that. So I'm so excited that you started yours because you definitely deserve to have a platform and share your voice like this. So thank you for having me. Like Jen said, I'm Autumn. I'm a mindset and manifestation mentor for 
I say ambitious women, but I primarily work with, you know, entrepreneurs, content creators, coaches, professionals, just anyone who, you know, has a vision for their lives being bigger and more extraordinary than it is right now. And they want to fulfill that and really live in their passion and their purpose. So that's, you know, what I do and who I help. I really love to help women master their mindset through really like subconscious reprogramming and working through all of their limiting beliefs and self-sabotage, embody the best version of themselves and manifest, you know, their dream life and business. I love how you said embody the best version of themselves because I think that is often like forgotten. Everyone's trying to like live to this like Pinterest dream board and they forget really like who they are and what they actually want in life. So I really loved that. So today we're going to be talking about the law of attraction and the way I understand the law of attraction, it's like attracts like and our thoughts, beliefs, and emotions impact our experiences. So if we're mainly focusing on positive ones, we're going to have positive experiences, whereas if we're always in a negative mindset and very negative about life, we're probably going to have a negative experience. And it's all about the energy we put out into the universe is what the universe returns back to us. And I personally love the law of attraction for like what you said, manifesting your life and embodying who you are. But I'm curious if you have anything else about manifestation to kind of help someone who is just now learning of manifestation and law of attraction. Yeah, so I think definitely the law of attraction is where most people start with manifestation. That's where I started a few years ago when I first watched The Secret. And that's kind of what that whole idea is about is like really getting into the vibration of what you want to attract, not just like in your mindset, but in your body and kind of what I was saying earlier about how I want to help women embody the best version of themselves because I feel like especially when it comes to manifestation, a lot of us get caught up in like just the mental aspect of it and we forget that we are energy like in our purest form, like our bodies hold specific energy. And so I think that a really big part of the law of attraction is not only like lining up your your thoughts and your words and your actions with what you're trying to manifest or what you desire, but also really embodying the energy of what you are trying to attract. I always come back to money because I feel like that's the easiest thing to talk about with most people is like if you're trying to manifest a specific amount of money, you can think about it all day. But if you're not actually getting into the frequency of that specific amount of money, like if you are right now embodying the frequency of $100 and you know that you can attract $100, but you're trying to manifest $100,000, those are completely different vibrational frequencies, different energy. And so it's, you know, using all of the manifestation tools that are available to us to really tap into embodying a new version of us who is at the level at which we need to be in order to have that thing that we really desire. So I feel like that's kind of where I would start definitely with the law of attraction and working on the mindset aspect and then moving forward, like once you get past, you know, the self-talk and the limiting beliefs and self-sabotage, which you never really fully get past, but once you understand what, what those look like for you and what you need to do to overcome them, it's really like, okay, how do I embody that next level version of myself now that I know what's holding me back from becoming her? I really got stuck at that when I first got into law of attraction and manifestation. I thought I eventually would like get to the bottom of all my issues and like all my like my whole shadow self. And I thought if I just did all the work for like a month, then I would be like this positive person that never had any issues in my life and everything would manifest to me. So I think 
that's a really good point how you said it's always like a work in progress Mm -hmm. and just finding our way to get there and changing up the energy frequencies. And I was wondering if you can go a bit more into energy frequencies. What would the two different energy frequencies look like? Like when you say that you're doing that, is it more so how you spend your money as only having a hundred or versus how you would spend your money having a hundred thousand? Or is it just kind of like your thought process behind money? Yeah, it's ultimately, it's all of it. It's like your thought process behind money, how you're treating money, because a lot of us don't really understand that we're in, we're in a relationship with money, with everything, honestly. So it's the way you think about it, the relationship you have with money and how you're, how you're spending it, how you're talking about it. I guess like how you think about someone who has a hundred dollars versus a hundred thousand. Like Mm -hmm. If you're if you have a hundred dollars, like you know you can do certain things with that amount of money, but you can do so many like having a hundred thousand dollars, it opens so many other doors for you. And you're gonna walk and talk differently when you have a hundred dollars versus a hundred thousand. I know I would. Like when I have a hundred dollars, I'm like, oh, I'm thinking about like what am I gonna spend this on? Like I need to save at least half of it so I know I can do this with it and that with it. But when you have a hundred thousand dollars, you're a lot quicker to to invest in yourself, to treat yourself to things that you might not otherwise if you only had that $100. So it's like it's a completely different like mindset shift, the way that you you walk through the world, the way that you interact with even like yourself, not just other people, but you show up differently when you have 100 versus $100,000. So that's kind of like what I mean when I say like the energy of it. And just think about the way that you you use money. Like I said, like when you have $100, what are the habits and beliefs that you think about money and like the way that you might spend it versus if you were to have a hundred thousand. Yeah, definitely. And I think I also had a very big like block when I was doing this and the retreat kind of opened it up of, I felt like people with a lot of money were just like annoying and like full of themselves. And that was just like the mindset I put there. And so I constantly told myself, I don't want to be one of those people, but that also limited me from having that amount of money and making that shift to change how I thought about it and how someone shows up really helped me start embodying that. And I think with that, a lot of people have misconceptions about manifestation And some people will think, oh, you just have to be positive like 24-7. And to me, that can get a bit toxic. Like if you never embrace any – I feel like you should embrace all your emotions and all of them are necessary. And sometimes people get into the mindset of like, nope, I'm not going to be sad. I'm not going to cry. And one thing that really helped me on the retreat was the sacred rage ritual or ceremony. And it helped me see that all emotions are valid. So are there any other misconceptions you normally hear about when people start manifesting? Yeah, I was going to say like, that is definitely one of the biggest ones that you have to be like, high vibe all the time that you have to be positive and happy. You can't have a negative thought or emotion or you're not gonna be able to manifest that thing you desire. I think that's the biggest misconception that I work through with a lot of my clients because when you first start doing this work, like we're told that in order to manifest, you have to, like I was saying a few minutes ago, you have to be in like the vibration of it, but that doesn't mean that you're not allowed to also experience like more negative emotions. 
And it's actually like counter counteractive to the manifestation to pretend to be in a, in a high vibe state or, you know, positive if you're feeling sad or anxious or angry, because that's just creating a little bit more, not a little bit, it's creating a lot more resistance towards the thing that's actually trying to manifest. Like if I'm pretending to be like smiley and bubbly and happy, but on the inside, you know, I'm anxious and sad and I just want to cry. Like you can feel in your body that sadness, that anxiety, that need to cry. And if you're not letting it out and expressing it, it just gets stuck and stored in your body, which is lowering your vibration. So even though you might be thinking that because, you know, you're putting on the smile and you're just, you know, trying to silence those negative thoughts instead of actually work through them and feel them, but it's actually you're doing the opposite because the more that you hold on to that resistance, the further away that your manifestation will stay. So I think that's definitely one of the biggest misconceptions. I think another one is that you don't have to do any work. A lot of people think manifestation is like magic and you just can, you know, say say that you want the thing and then it's, yeah, like you just snap your fingers and like magic, it just comes to you, but it it doesn't work that way. There's so many things you have to do in order to to manifest. It's, I feel like everyone has their own process for it, but every single process, regardless of who's telling you what to do, if they're not telling you to take some sort of action, some sort of aligned action in order to co-create with the universe, because manifestation is a co-creation process, you're not really going to get anywhere. Like you have to put in 50% of the work and then the other 50% you can, you know, allow for the universe to surprise you along the way. Definitely. And I remember, again, when I first had started, I was reflecting on it today back to like two years ago when I really started my healing journey and learning more about manifestation. I definitely was the person that thought it would happen with no action. I was like miserable in my job. And I was like, well, I'm just, I like saw on Instagram, someone's like, write down what you want three times in the morning, six times in the afternoon, nine times at night and do it for like two weeks and it'll come. And I'm like, okay. And so I did it and it obviously didn't come because I didn't change anything. I kept being miserable every single day and like I didn't put any action to reach for what I was trying to manifest and learning mm-hmm. about the action piece really helped me. But then I started to question manifestation if it was just me actually showing up to do it versus it being a manifestation. And over time, I've realized it definitely was a manifestation and a co-creation with the universe. But I definitely went through that block as well of like, well, if I'm doing all the action, how is it just like, Cause I still was under the mindset. It was just like a snap of a finger and this whole new life would unravel. What would you say to someone who's in that mindset right now of they don't really need to do work or the work is just making the vision board? I would definitely tell them to snap out of it. Come back to I know we like to be delusional, but we gotta still we gotta still come back to reality every now and then and check in and make sure that we're doing our part because like, yes, make the vision boards. You can do, you can use those methods. Like I think that was a three, six, nine method you're talking about. And there's so many other ones that you'll hear people talking about on TikTok and Pinterest and all the things. But at the end of the day, if you're not showing up, if you're not putting in the work and taking the aligned action towards actually achieving that goal, it's just going to be a goal. It's just going to be a dream. You're not, you're not actually going to get it. And if you do, 
in the slight chance that you just are able to sit on the couch and total your thumbs and not do anything and, you know, have that manifestation show up. It's, it's very rare that that will actually happen for someone like you have to like, what's that? I forget the, the sciencey term for it, but there's, you know, the law that says for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. It's kind of like, you yeah. have to be the first you have to be the the first person to make the the domino fall and then the rest will, you know, fall in place. But without that initial push and then following up that push with other actions, you you won't really get anywhere. It'll just you'll just be stagnant. Yes, I love that analogy of the dominoes. I'm a very visual person, so that really helps me. But I think that's also really true what you had just said, how you take action, but then you have to follow up with more action. Because Mm -hmm. I feel like I started to take action. And then I would kind of get scared of the opportunity in front of me. And that was kind of with this whole podcast, too. I was like, I started to get it all ready. And then I quickly went into like limiting beliefs and negative self-talk. And I was like, no, I don't need to do it. Like blah, blah. But as I kept pushing through with the action, it's been like coming into place very smoothly, like way better than I thought it would. And I think it's only doing that because I keep showing up and keep doing the action and we never Mm -hmm. really know I think the whole piece of the co-creation is we don't know necessarily the next step, but the universe does. Right. The universe is giving us the opportunities to take the next action and to show up. And yeah, I think it's just, it's definitely hard to surrender, but it's definitely worth it to just trust the plan that the Mm -hmm. universe has for you. So have you manifested anything before? Yes, so many things. I feel like since learning what manifestation is, I can like confidently say that most of the things that I I've had in my life, all of the good things, even you know some of the bad things we can manifest in our lives too have definitely been a manifestation. But some of my favorite ones, the first big one that I remember is I manifested a trip to France when I was 13. That was before I even knew what manifestation was, but that's the one I always like think of when I when I think back to like my first big one. And then the second one that really got the ball rolling for me, really stepping into this space and becoming a coach and a mentor was back in the end of 2021, going into 2022, I manifested being a fitness influencer because I had I had decided that was like my first like intentional manifestation that I was going to do that was right after I had really like gotten into it and I wanted to be a fitness influencer so bad on TikTok because I saw like everyone else was you know blowing up and going viral and manifesting all these followers and brand deals so I said I wanted that and I did it I manifested like 250,000 followers in less than three weeks like it quite literally happened it seemed like it happened overnight So that was like one of my first big ones, but I manifest things all the time now. That's crazy. That literally is like overnight. That's a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Do you ever find, I know with me, sometimes a manifestation will like finally come to be and I'm like, oh, this isn't really what I wanted. And I start to go into this like cycle of did I was I clear enough or should I have been clear or when you're in the middle of a manifestation and working towards it is it okay to kind of shift or do you have to stay with what you originally set out to do I love that question so that kind of happened to me actually when 
I had manifested all the followers and everything. And the second part of your question, which is why I got mentally confused because I wanted to answer both at the same time, but I feel like it's always okay to pivot. The first part of your question about the clarity aspect, like the more specific you can be, the better, but you can always pivot in the middle of a manifestation. And this is something I don't think a lot of people talk about when it comes to manifestation because we're changing every single day and I'm trying not to get into human design because that's not what this episode is about, but I know nothing of human design and I really want to learn. So feel free to pivot that way if you need. Okay, cool. So I'm a specific manifester and you can either be specific or non-specific. And for me, the more specific I am, the better, but sometimes I'll try and manifest something and be super specific about it, but it'll either show up in a different way than I thought I originally wanted it to, or like I'll pivot mid-manifestation. Like during during the time I was manifesting being a fitness influencer, I realized that fitness wasn't really what I wanted to do anymore. Like I didn't want to be a fitness influencer. I didn't want to be a fitness and nutrition coach, which is what I originally started as. And it's like the universe had just delivered me this grand old manifestation with all of these benefits and perks. I could have easily stayed in that that energy and, you know, continued on as a fitness influencer, but it didn't feel right for me. And so I decided to pivot and now I'm manifesting something completely different. And now because I manifested the the circumstances in the past, I know what I want to do differently and how I need to be more specific moving forward. Because like, yes, I had manifested a whole bunch of followers. I got brand deals. I made a lot of money. It was awesome, but I wasn't specific enough. I had manifested followers where I wanted a community and those are two different things. So making sure that like you, you're being intentional about the words that you use and setting the, the right intentions going into your manifestation is going to be super important for actually manifesting the specific outcome that you want. Because without the intention, it kind of like, like what happened to me, you can manifest something and it can be amazing, but it, it's probably not going to be what you hope. And then as far as like pivoting, I think that you can definitely shift your manifestation in the middle of it. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Just as long as you're continuing to, you know, make the actions on your part and show up for for what you can in the process. Because I know you mentioned surrender before and, you know, trusting the process too. But you can always set a new intention. You can always visualize a different end result. And as long as you're taking the actions towards what you want – you're still in that co-creation process and the universe, I think, will adjust accordingly as well. I love that. And I think you're right. A lot of people don't talk about that piece, but I do think sometimes when I'm manifesting, I don't necessarily have the clarity yet because I don't necessarily know the exact outcome I want. So Mm -hmm. I know what I want in that moment, but as I take action, I start to gain even more clarity and figuring out if that is the right path I want to go or if I need to like maneuver it a little bit and take like this side road to do this other Mm -hmm. thing, but also allowing myself to do the pivoting. And sometimes I feel like the universe is showing you what can happen on both sides. So you can pivot if you need to. Yeah, I agree. And I think you probably are a non-specific manifester. I'm going to be very curious to see what your human design is. Okay. So I think I'm a manifester because I was talking to you about how I don't know the time I was born. 
So I was determined to figure it out. And the hospital that I was born at has shut down and it's not on my birth certificate. So I couldn't figure it out. I found an old baby picture the other day because I just had a niece and the picture they took was in the like crib type thing that you're put in. And it has the little like sticker on the background and it says like your name and all that. And like your height, weight, like when you're the baby and everything. And so I was like, I must have a picture like that. So I went to the like my basement and went through all the pictures and I <laughs> found one and I had to like zoom in a lot. Like I took a picture of it so I could zoom in and I figured out the time I was born. Oh my gosh. That's that's such a wild ride. <laughs> like- yeah. So I plugged it in. I like found a random one online. I don't know if there's like a specific one I should be using. And it popped out that I'm manifester, but then I stopped there. I didn't <laughs> looking at what that all meant. But yeah, is that what a specific manifester is or is that completely different? It's a little bit different. So your energy type is a manifester, which is so cool. We can definitely talk about that. And we can get into the nitty gritty about it one day because I love human design. But then it goes a little bit deeper. Like within your energy type, you have you have different gifts. You have a profile, an authority, a strategy. And then you also have a manifestation style. And that's where it comes in if you're a specific or non-specific manifester. And if you're specific, like I said, that was just that just means that you have to be more specific with your manifestations. Like for me, I have to get very nitty gritty down to the details. I love to know like how it's going to look, how it's going to feel. If it's a certain number of things, like I'm very specific with numbers I want in my bank account or like if it's, you know, a car that I'm trying to manifest, I want to get in, I want to go test drive the car so I can see how it feels and all of those things. But if you're a non-specific manifester, you can just kind of not like say it once and forget about it. But I have a client who's like that. She'll say she wants something and she'll kind of like forget about it. And she'll, you know, obviously she's she's taking action because she knows that there's an outcome that she wants, but it's not like she's actively trying to manifest it every single day or that she has to go back and visualize it all the time. Or, you know, one of my favorite manifestation methods to use is called scripting. Like people like that, they don't have to script it out. They don't have to get nitty gritty with it. It's just kind of It's so cool. And I get so jealous because I wish it could be that easy for me. But yeah, that's kind of kind of how the specific versus non-specific goes. And for those of you guys that don't know, human design is it's just such a cool modality that can help you understand who you are as a person better. It's kind of like a lot of people call it like your energetic blueprint or the blueprint of you because it it gives you a lot of guidance for how you can best live your life. It helps you understand your purpose and just so many things. And the whole backstory with Jen's birth time is that you need to know your your birth time, your birth place, and obviously your birth day. So if you don't know your birth time, don't freak out. Like Jen found hers. I'm sure there's a way. Yeah, you can definitely find a way. Some people said it's on their birth certificate, but it wasn't yeah, on mine. mine. Yeah, it wasn't on mine. So, but I did find it. If you have a picture of you in the crib with the little speaker <laughs> with like, so it said like Murphy, it was like this, like long, this weight. And then it was like time of birth. And I was like, got it. <laughs> so you can always check it that way. But do you think human design ends up helping with your manifestation? So you did just kind of go into the specific versus non-specific. Do you think in order to manifest, you need to know your human design like right away? I don't think so. I think it definitely helps, but I don't think you need to know it. 
you just need to know like the fundamentals of manifestation because mm-hmm. they're the same for everyone. I just feel like knowing your human design helps you specifically. If you're trying to manifest something, it helps you work through blocks if you're stuck in a manifestation, but you don't need to know it in order to manifest, I don't think. Okay. Yeah, I would agree with that because I don't know anything about human design that much <laughs> and I have manifested stuff. However, I'm excited to learn more about human design because maybe it will help me like streamline my process of what really works for me versus always like trying a bunch of different techniques. Mm -hmm. And speaking of techniques, are there any that are your favorite that you make sure you always do or do you kind of mix it all up? Yeah. So my favorite manifestation methods, I love visualization. I'm a very like visual person. I love to sit down and like have like a guided meditation or future self visualization that I can really like tap into the thing that I'm trying to manifest. I also really love vision boards. Those are my favorite things to make because just having that the pictures and then I'll look at them first thing in the morning because when you wake up, your brain is in, I think it's a theta theta state. And so that's the best time to really reprogram your subconscious mind. And so looking at my vision board first thing when I wake up is one of my favorite things. Scripting is another one. That's basically where you write out a story about your manifestation as if it's already happened. So I love like writing. One time I wrote like a short story about my future, my future self. And I'll like go back and read that. Sometimes I record them as audios and listen to them as I'm falling asleep. Just so, you know, getting into my subconscious mind exactly what I want to achieve and manifest. Like I said, the specific manifester in me, we got to get nitty gritty with it. And then embodiment. Embodiment is probably the biggest thing that I like to use is really embodying the version of myself that I'm trying to become. And some of my favorite ways of doing that is like by my clothes and jewelry, by the way that I'm like showing up online and my content, really just stepping into the version of myself who already has the thing that I'm manifesting. Oh, I love that. And I have just started like within the past like year doing scripting and it was very uncomfortable for me at first, but I've like grown to love it like so much and like writing the stories. I thought at the beginning it was like weird yeah, <laughs> writing about like me having it and I was like, but I don't have it. And it was definitely like a shift I had to make within myself to allow myself to get there. But I've definitely really enjoyed doing that. What would you say if someone just felt like they were hitting every obstacle to manifest and every time they thought they were on the right track, something would happen to kind of throw them off? Would you encourage them to keep trying or would you tell them to try like a different technique than what they're normally doing? That's such a good question. I would tell them to really like go back to their why. Like why are they trying to manifest that thing? And really kind of evaluate what it is that they've been doing because, you know, you can't keep doing more of the same if you're not getting the result that you want. You're going to have to switch switch something up. And I think going back to the why of whatever it is that you're trying to manifest is the best place to start because, one, it'll help you refocus and really be more intentional about what actions you're actually taking. And then also just kind of holding yourself accountable because if you say you're doing all the things but you're not actually doing all the things – then that's the misalignment right there. Like you're going to have to actually put in the work. Like we were talking about earlier, it's not like you can just say you want to manifest a specific thing and then 
it just come to you. So you have to be intentional about what actions you're going to take, how you're going to show up for the manifestation, how you're going to participate in the co-creation process and choose the right actions for you. Because a lot of times I see people trying to copy other people's manifestation process and that's where a lot of people get stuck and that's why they feel so much resistance. That's why they feel like they're out of alignment because they're trying to make something that isn't for them work for them when they need to figure out what their manifestation style is. Like like I said, with my favorite ways of manifesting, like if visualization and scripting and you know, vision boards aren't for you, then it's not going to work if you try and do those things because it worked for me. You have to figure out what really helps you get into the vibration of the thing that you're trying to manifest. And then if you're coming up against, you know, roadblocks and resistance, it could be that the universe is trying to redirect you towards something else. It could be a sign that whatever you're trying to manifest isn't for you. And you're going to have to decide if, you know, you're like going back to that intention if you're doing this for the right reasons. Yeah, I know I've definitely done that. And when I would start to evaluate it, so like for instance, growing up, I always wanted to be a teacher. And then I hit a really bad season of burnout in teaching, which is kind of what sparked my whole healing journey. And at the time, I thought it was like the biggest roadblock. But now looking back, I view it as almost like what you were saying. It's the universe trying to shift you to where you're supposed to be going. And so mm-hmm. noticing those, even in the moment, if they're like awful, I remember I was like, I just got a degree. I have my <laughs> master's, my specialist, and I'm just going to like walk away from the classroom like that makes no sense. And Today, I was just talking to you about how I was walking on the beach before this. And as I was walking, it was like one in the afternoon and I was walking along the beach and I was just like, normally I was in school, like stressed beyond my mind, like dealing and like putting out fires with students. And I just couldn't believe where like two years can take you. But you were mentioning about trying different things to see what works for you. And on the retreat, Sam had asked us a question to journal about. And it was like, what rules have you created Mm -hmm. for your life? In that when I did the journaling prompt later, I was writing down and I realized I had taken other people's like techniques that they use and somehow made it a rule in my life that I needed to do every single step. And if Mm -hmm. I didn't, I needed to start completely over from scratch and just realizing that I don't have to journal every day. If I really don't feel like it, that ends up being a whole other energy level of like forcing myself to do it when it doesn't feel aligned. So have you ever experienced that or is it just me? No, it's it's not just you. I definitely have. That's why I'm laughing because it's like we all do this. Like we're all living by somebody else's rules in some way, shape or form. And a lot of the manifestation process, a lot of what I love about human design is like be conditioning ourselves from having to live by somebody else's rules and really deciding to make our own because it's it's so crazy. I remember when I first started getting into this, like I thought that my morning routine had to be perfect. Going back to like the mindset of things, I thought I had to be happy and positive all the time. I wasn't allowed to cry or get mad or be upset. Just all these rules and things that I had to abide by if I wanted to have X, Y, or Z show up in my life. And as soon as I stopped trying to do that and you know live by all of these other rules that people had made for themselves because it worked for them, 
is when I really started to manifest what is meant for me. And another thing that you said that I always like to point out is that like, you said something about making sense, like what you wanted to do didn't make sense if you were to, you know, leave the position you had, like you went to school, you have, you have all these degrees, you put in all this work, all this time, all this money, and you want to go do something else. It doesn't make sense, but it doesn't always have to make sense. If it makes sense for you and if it feels right for you, then I think that's what matters the most. Because if you stay somewhere that you don't feel aligned with or, or doing something that you don't feel aligned with because it makes sense to other people, it's just, you're, you're not going to love it. Like you said, you burn yourself out and Nobody wants to live like that. I don't know about you, but I don't want to live like that. No, I definitely did not want to live like that. But I also, (laughs) in that moment, thought that was the only way I could live. It was definitely hard to break out of that cycle. And I'm currently trying to convince a friend to do that because I see that she's like exactly where I was. And Mm -hmm. I remember I would have like a countdown until the school year ended. And I was basically just like wishing days of my life away Mm -hmm. to have a break from work so I could catch up with work. And I like realized that was not the lifestyle I wanted. And mm-hmm. I, at that point, I didn't really know anything of manifestation or law of attraction or anything within spirituality. And I just like took a leap of faith. And looking back, I know I just like surrendered to whatever was to come, but it was definitely hard telling people around me I was leaving teaching. And still to this day, I've been out of the classroom for two years now. I think this is my second or third year out. And people still ask me, like, when am I going back? (laughs) I'm never going back. (laughs) And I tell them that and they start to go down all the things that I originally told myself, all the negative self-talk of like, well, you put all this money in for your degrees. You got all this what would your advice be to someone going through that same piece? Like they've surrendered and they're going on for whatever their new desire is, but they're leaving behind this other life and the people in the other life are trying to pull them back into it. Yeah, I have been there too. So I would definitely just recommend setting boundaries with the people in your life because you're the only person who can really know what's best for you. And there will always be someone who thinks that they know better than you for what you should be doing with your life for some reason, especially if it's like your parents or grandparents, like they see you still as being the child that they once had to tell what to do and to guide them. And like, they still think that they can, you know, have some control over your life and your decisions. So I think that you're going to have to be willing to be open with them about the path that you're going down and say that, you know, you need to have boundaries for yourself about and with them about what, what they can and can't say to you and questions that they can or can't ask you because you don't want to have to keep explaining yourself to people over and over again and having to, you know, justify to them why you're doing something as a grown ass woman or man or person. Like if you're grown, you don't need anybody else's approval. And so having to set boundaries with them is going to be hard because, you know, they love you. They want what's best for you. They don't want to see you struggling or suffering. But I'm not saying that you will if you go down the path that you want, but that's what their fear for you is. They want to mm-hmm. keep you safe. They want to make sure that you're healthy and happy and you're making enough money to, to sustain whatever lifestyle you're living. But you also have to let them know that whatever you choose to do will be will be okay, that you know what you're doing. You're an adult, you're confident in yourself and the path that you're creating, and they have to be willing to just let you walk down that path and to stop trying to pull you back out of it. Because 
even the best of us, even if we're so self-confident and we know that what we're doing is fully meant for us, there will be times when somebody, especially if it's a parent that you're close to, they might, you know, tell you something that might make you want to quit. Mm-hmm. And like, had they not said that, had you said that, set that boundary and really stuck to your guns and been like, this is what I'm doing. This is what we will and won't talk about. You wouldn't have been in that situation to even doubt yourself because they know that you're not, they're not allowed to question you on, on your life choices as the grown ass person that you are. So I think setting boundaries is a really big one. And then also just developing your own self-trust and know, and trusting in your, your ability, your vision and knowing that you can do anything you set your mind to. That's like my motto for myself, for everyone that, that I come into contact with. Like when you break through those subconscious beliefs and blocks that are holding you back from doing, being, or having whatever it is that you want, and you really believe that you can do anything you set your mind to, it's only a matter of time until you get to where you want to be. Definitely. And as you were talking, it made me think about when you were saying to set up boundaries with people to also set up boundaries with yourself and your ego because (laughs) like what people say to you, sometimes you say to yourself with your ego and you start to like fully believe it and being able to differentiate between your ego and your higher self and Mm -hmm. figuring out what you really want and being able to sit in for a second and evaluate which one it was, I think is super important. But throughout all of that, I also learned, because so many people had judgments about what I was doing with my life, I started seeing when I would do that to someone else Mm -hmm. without even realizing it. And I know I did it a lot as a teacher, probably, like with students telling them what they should be doing and trying to correct their behavior and all of that, but also with like my nephews and stuff. And I try to really catch myself before I tell them what they should do with their life. Like my oldest nephew is five and the rest are all younger than that. So they're all pretty little, but even if he's doing like a puzzle or a project, instead of trying to tell him the exact path, I try to let him figure it out. Mm -hmm. Do you ever find that you are telling someone like being on the opposite side of it and being the person trying to tell them not to do what they're doing, especially as a coach, do you feel like that ever gets kind of like meshed? I think when I first started, maybe a little bit, but because I've been on the flip side of always being told what to do and how to do it and what not to do, I like am very aware of when I'm doing it to other people. Definitely as a coach, when it it shows up more for me as like a friend Mm -hmm. and as like a sister. Yeah, more of my like personal relationships when I've been noticing it, like friends, brothers, like my mom, just all of that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh, especially my mom. My mom's like my best friend. And like, I am always telling her what she should do because like, I feel like I know her so well that like, I have best interests at heart. But at the same time, it's like, she's her own person. She can make her own decisions. And like, she doesn't need my advice. If she asks for it, then that's another thing. But I, I'm trying to be a lot better about not giving my unsolicited advice or opinion or judgment to people who are very clear about what they're going to do. Like if, if me saying something isn't going to deter them, then I'm not going to say it. No, definitely. And as I like went down this, I started to recognize when I did that. And by Mm -hmm. stopping myself from doing that, especially with people really close to me, I was able to kind of 
model how my own boundary through putting up a boundary for them. And eventually Mm -hmm. they just kind of did the same thing as me and like stopped pushing that like narrative on me. And so if you are really stuck of someone telling you like you're down the wrong path or you should pivot here and do this to just kind of give them what you want in return, because maybe you're doing that to them as well. And you're like I said earlier, I'm trying to convince my friend to get out of teaching. Mm-hmm. And that right there is like my own agenda of why I think because of my own experience, why she should get out. But she might be on a path where she needs to stay in the classroom and all of mm-hmm. that. So I feel like that all brought a whole new awareness to me. And by seeing that awareness, it made me not as frustrated with the people that were telling me I was going the wrong way. Because I realized like you're just a human and you have a thought and you might just say it and Mm -hmm. that's okay. But has anyone ever like tried to steer you a different direction that you almost went down? Yes. So many times like before, I honestly think 2022 was the first year that I really made decisions fully for myself, by myself. I am very much a former people pleaser. And I would let people influence me to the point where, like, I would need someone else's validation before making any sort of decision, especially when it comes to, like, my career and what I spend money on with school. Even, like, I'm not going to say that I was thinking about dropping out of school. I'm a senior in college right now. And college has been hard, especially starting off as a freshman and then we hit the pandemic and I never really got a full college experience. I went through some really, some really deep shit in 2020, at the end of 2020 going into end all of 2021. And like my college experience has just not been what a normal 22 year old Mm -hmm. person's college experience typically is. And so there was a really big point in time, especially after I became a coach that I was thinking about just not finishing because I had decided that my career was not going to be in the clinical psychology field. Like I'm finishing my degree in psychology. I thought I wanted to be a traditional clinical psychologist would have to, you know, finish school, go to grad school, get some more pieces of paper, spend a whole bunch more money. And then I decided I didn't want to do that. And a lot of people in my family were like, they're still like, are you sure? Like, do you you really think you're going to be successful with your business? And do you really think you're going to make the money that you need? don't you want to, you know, have a higher degree? And, you know, I've been thinking, I still think about it sometimes, but I, I made the decision to stay in school for my mom because I want her to see me walk across that stage. She put a lot of money and time and effort into my education. So if there's one thing I can give her, it'll be a picture and a smile with my degree in my hand. So instead of, you know, quitting when I wanted to, I decided to finish out my last year as a senior, which I'm almost done with. And then kind of on the flip side of that, not listening to my family when it comes to furthering my education has been a big step for me. So kind of not letting them influence my decision if I decide to go to grad school or not. If I do decide to go back and, you know, get a higher degree, it will be because I want to, not because I think I should or because that's what they think is best for me because they want me to be safe and make more money or whatever. So those are like two instances, two big instances for me where I'm like trying to not let my family influence my decisions. That's so good because I was the opposite. Well, I was like the same and I let them influence it, which is why I ended up with the degrees I had. They just kept being like, you need more. I'm like, okay, I'll get more. (laughs) And so like, I just ended up in that cycle and 
I didn't actually want them, but I am really like proud of them and I'm glad I got them. And I think one thing that helped me, because when I decided to leave the classroom, I just thought it was a waste, like all that money and paying off student loans, all of it was just a waste. But recently I've realized, so my specialty within education was special ed and it was a lot with emotional disturbance disabilities. So students that suffered trauma and we did a lot of mindfulness and shifting their mindset to reprogram their behaviors. And it helped me end up like I realized probably like a month before the retreat that everything I was teaching my students is also what I do to myself of like reprogramming my subconscious and developing new habits and skills and realizing that that degree did provide me to be a teacher, but that's not the only thing I can do with that degree. And I can do everything I'm doing now and help other people. It doesn't have to be children reprogram their subconscious. So realizing that a degree isn't necessarily what society thinks it's for. It's still like almost like a whole course that you took from a coach, but Mm -hmm. more in detail for something else. And you can apply it anywhere you want in life. Yes, I totally agree. And if I had known back when I was a freshman what I know now, I probably would have gone the route of actually just doing more certifications and courses and stuff because I think there's so much value in it. Like I love being able to say that I graduated college and I have this degree like as a Mm -hmm. formality, but at the same time, I don't really feel like you, I need it, which is another reason I'm questioning whether I even want to continue on because there's no degrees for manifestation. There's no degrees for subconscious reprogramming. Like, yes, I learned a lot of that with my psych degree, but it's, we barely scratched the surface. Mm -hmm. And unless I'm going to go into research and do that, I can do that on my own time without needing to feel like I have to have a PhD or whatever in order to be seen as an authority or to be credible. So yeah, I completely agree with that. Yeah, no, definitely. Especially like the research piece, that was one of my like specialist degrees was just all research. (laughs) And it did help me go deeper into the science behind like how we can shift our mind and everything. But I'm not sure I necessarily would have gone that route if I could have seen this outcome. I feel like I would have found a way to skip forward to it. But at the same time, I think it was the universe's way of like helping me to get to where I am right now. And maybe if I didn't go through all those steps and hit burnout like I did, I don't necessarily think I would be where I am now and having the same message and mission to support other women who are kind of stuck in that negative cycle. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so... At the end of the episode, I just want to kind of go over, we mentioned before what your favorite manifestation was, but I was wondering what is something you're currently manifesting that you're okay with sharing just so we can put it out into universe? Yes. So I'm currently manifesting a two bed, two bath apartment of my own that I don't share with anybody back home in Maryland. Right now I'm in school. I live in Philadelphia for for school, but I've made it very clear to my mom that I do not really want to move back in for various reasons. And I want to manifest a nice apartment that I can have for myself that has a beautiful office that overlooks a nice pond or lake or whatever 
where I can have a space of my own to record my podcast and create content and just like have a space that is fully mine. So that's one thing I'm manifesting right now that I'm really excited about because I have the vision in my head and I just know, I just know it's coming. Oh, that sounds amazing. That's currently one of my manifestations is like figuring out where I want to live in the future, Mm -hmm. but I'm still on the clarity piece of it because I kind of just want to like bop around and go to a bunch of different places. That's what I was thinking about doing that after I finished school, like just kind of saying I live at home and then renting places around the country and just yeah. living. But yeah, I feel that. <laughs> yeah, that's currently where I'm at. I'm like, oh, I could do like a month at an Airbnb and like just yeah, like swap around to a bunch of different places I want to go. But yeah, I'm still doing the clarity work on that piece. But thank you so much, Autumn, for of joining. Course. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I loved hearing all your insights and the knowledge you had on law of attraction and manifestation, even the human design aspect of it, because I feel like now I want to go dig further into it. And I'm so grateful that you took the time to come on, and I can't wait to see what happens next for you. But speaking of that, is there anything you're currently working on or something that you want to share or promote? I'm currently working on launching my first group program. By the time this comes out, it'll be, I think, in the middle of the group program. But you all can definitely just, you know, follow along. I'll be doing, running a second round of that probably a few weeks after this episode airs. So if you find that you're interested in working through your subconscious blocks, this program is specifically for limiting beliefs like the fear, I call it the five fears, like the fear of self, fear of being seen, the fear of failure, fear of success, fear of judgment and fear of rejection. So if any of those speak to you and you're ready to like break through those fears so that you can really step into that version of yourself and manifest your dream life and business, please let me know. Spaces will be open for that. And I just love to promote my podcast. I just started my own podcast as well. It's called the Edge of Everything podcast. And you guys can listen to that anywhere you find your podcast. It's so good. It's Thank you. <laughs> I've binged every episode and then I've like re-listened to a few just because I'm like, oh, it hasn't been a week yet. <laughs> like just like Thank trying you. to get it all. And where can people connect with you to like learn more? Are you on socials? Yes. Yeah, so I'm on Instagram and TikTok, YouTube. I primarily focus on Instagram and TikTok for right now. Instagram is like if you want to see like behind the scenes, a little bit more polished content. TikTok is where we get like a little bit more like spicy, a little bit more casual. So both of those are the same username at autumn.danae and you can find me there. Perfect. And I'll leave all of that in the show notes for this episode. So people can just go click to get to your podcast and all your socials and learn about the program that will be opening up. But thank you again, Autumn. And I'm so happy we're able to make this all happen. Me too. Thank you so much. Of course. That's a wrap for today's episode of Embracing Your Energy. I hope you found today's topic helpful and inspiring on your journey towards self-discovery and manifestation. Remember, small steps lead to big changes. So keep practicing the techniques and exercises we've discussed. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to follow the podcast to stay up to date on new episodes and to never miss a chance to expand your growth and potential. And if you feel like this podcast is resonating with you and you would like to support it, please rate and review the podcast. It helps other people find it. 
Also, I would be so grateful if you would share this podcast with your friends and family. And if you decide to share it on social media, please be sure to tag me at jenmurphy.com. The more headphones and hearts we reach, the more people we can help on their journey towards self-discovery and manifestation. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next time on Embracing Your Energy. Remember, it's time to let go of those limiting beliefs, make those much-needed mindset shifts, and finally manifest abundance and success. Get ready to step into your power and finally start embracing your energy. All right, take care, my friend.